0: Thank you for joining us today. It's really exciting for us to know that in the last 30 days, about 80,000 people have been reached with the uh, Bible Truth and Prophecy Now uh, live streams and broadcasts. It's really been an exciting time to see how the gospel can be introduced to people, not just in this country, but all around the world. We value your prayers. We, We appreciate you sharing it and liking it, because that gives us additional opportunities to have the program viewed in a variety of ways. To be honest, this week, is, so much has happened in the world that we could almost do two or three programs. I think of the situation that occurred in Beirut, Lebanon. I think of all that's taking place in the Middle East, not even including the, the stretch and the, and the reach for power by people in this country uh, with COVID-19, and every day there's, there's new stories, all of them are related to the fact that this is in pre-tribulation conditions. It, it really has shown us how near we are to the return of Christ. But today we have a very exciting topic. It's called the New World Order. Matter of fact, there's so much that is taking place with the New World Order right now. I, today I want to show you some of the history. I know we'll be back to visit this subject several times in the next several months because really this is taking place just as we're talking. The magic word today, or at least one of them, is this global reset. And time and time again as I'm watching the news, I'm seeing people say, well, global reset, and they're talking about health conditions with COVID-19. They're talking about what's taking place in terms of vaccinations and with wearing masks and with requiring marks and and tracking of individuals, global reset. Well, what are we talking about when we talk about global reset? Well, the old word is really this, the the new world order. And I want to trace just for a moment a little bit of history on the new world order because... In uh, September 1990, George Bush made a very bold pronouncement. This was just when Iraq had invaded Kuwait. It was before the Soviet Union had collapsed. And President Bush, at that time President Bush, announced the dawn of a new world order. And among the things that he said that I thought were so important was this when he said, It will be the pursuit of justice, it will be more secure in the quest for peace. In other words, even then, people were looking for a way to have a more peaceful world. But the Bible says when they say peace and safety, then there's going to be sudden destruction. What does he mean by a new world order? Well, I remember being in Washington, D.C. at a convention. Matter of fact, it was a broadcaster's convention, a religious broadcaster's convention. And when President Bush addressed the crowd that day, and he spoke of the new world order, how that we'd like to see a world that was all brought under one leader, That way, we could work together for justice. We could work together for peace. It would bring in a better tomorrow. I watched as religious broadcasters and, and their staff stood to their feet, applauded that idea. I looked around, and maybe there was a half a dozen people that thought, Wow, can we believe what we're hearing? He just announced a one world government, how that this was going to bring in peace and people that should know better by studying the scriptures. We're, we're applauding it saying yeah let's let's do this this is the way to bring about peace my friend there's no peace in human government peace comes through the sacrifice of jesus christ on the cross he made peace with god for us and that's the true peace of the world and so the new world order kind of took on a life at that particular time you see biblically if we go back to the book of daniel chapter 2 the bible is very clear matter of fact not one time but three times the book of daniel lists every world power puts him in order and describes the kingdom so that there's no doubt about who it is but at that time in the dream with nebuchadnezzar daniel interpreted the vision saying the head was of gold it was babylon then there would be persia means in the persians and then alexander the great in the grecians and the the thighs of bronze and then the iron legs standing for rome and then in the feet it would be part of iron part of clay in other words a revived roman empire the iron was still there from Rome, but there was something added to it. and it made a, a particular point to indicate that there would be ten, like the ten toes, there would be ten kings as well. Listen to what the Bible says, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and that kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces, consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So the Bible says this: that when you see, a revived Roman Empire and it has ten divisions then you know the kingdom of God is getting ready to come and when it does it will crush the man-made human government systems and it alone will fill the world and it will rule forever what a promise God has made and how important it is but I want you to notice the time frame all the way back in the book of Daniel 2,500 years ago God told us what would take place now as we go forward to me it's very interesting that in 1957, the world saw something called the Treaty of Rome. I'm quoting really from a, a a paper, a newspaper article at the Edinburgh Summit, and it compared this Treaty of Rome, saying it's really the revival of the old Roman Empire. These are their headlines: Roman Empire to the Treaty of Rome, connecting Rome, who hadn't been around for 14 or 1500 years, to the Treaty of Rome and the New European Union that was cut about in 1957. You might say, well, perhaps that was just an accident. Did they really mean all that? I'm sure they did, and here's why. Look at this, again, from another European paper. When in Europe, do as the Romans do. And they talked about how that, that what is taking place right now in this revived common market was really an extension of the old Roman Empire. Or how about Time Magazine? How would you achieve the new world order? Henry Kissinger talked about the need for a new world order and how it would bring peace and security to every citizen in the whole world. Do you see how Satan is setting the baseline and setting the groundwork for a new world order that would be headed by an Antichrist? Or what about this from the European paper? The prophets and the politicians who shaped the European Union. And what's interesting when you read the small print it says this in the beginning was the word and the word was spoken by a handful of far-sighted prophets and statesmen a play on the gospel of john chapter 1 verse 1 folks you can't deny that they were talking about that very place because the bible says in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god and they changed even the wording of that to suit their own their own advantage point or just in case you're still in doubt I want to show you a few more samples from this revived Roman Empire. Yes, it's an extension of the iron legs. That was Rome. It has something mixed with it. It has ten divisions, the ten toes. And as some of their official symbols, for example, let's take their coin. Here's a Roman goddess right in on the back of a beast. Why do I mention that? Well, here's why. Because in Revelation chapter 17, 18, and 19, it talks about how that this revived power... This political power, that is ten divisions, this last power before the kingdom of God is set up, will actually be partly described by a woman riding a beast. And so here's a German publication, and you see the Roman goddess on a beast. Or here she is with a European flag, or on the stamp, and it says, Begging to be worshipped. All these things indicate that these things are not done uh, in a closet. These things are done openly. You know what? One of the articles even said this. Could this be the harlot, the prostitute, of Revelation chapter 17? If that magazine could recognize what it was symbolizing, surely we as Christians can recognize what it's symbolizing. Well, if you read the Bible, here's what we'll find. Revelation chapter 13. The Antichrist comes to power. And when he comes to power, remember he does it by signing a treaty with Israel He promises them something having to do with worship. In our previous program we talked about how that they found a red heifer, how that they're sanctifying and purifying a priesthood, they're ready to sacrifice again. And the Antichrist is going to give them permission for three and a half years. Actually he gives permission for seven years, but right in the middle at the end of three and a half he breaks the promise. He sets his own image up to be worshipped. And in Revelation chapter seventeen, the wording of it is incredible. Because remember, this was written 2,000 years ago. And the Bible says that what the Antichrist will need and what he requests and what he wants from Satan in order to rule the world, he says this, I need an economic system. I need a way to control the world. I have to have an economic system of my own. Next, I need a military system. You can't have a a worldwide kingdom without a a way to control it. And so he needs a military system. He'll need a religious system. I think that's where he gets the, the woman Right in the beast, she she will be a religious system for the Antichrist. You see, Jesus Christ has a bride, a chaste virgin bride, it says in First Corinthians. But the Antichrist, he doesn't want a virgin bride. He's willing to settle for a prostitute, a woman who would sell herself. And then he also needs a political framework, a political system. You know what? In Revelation chapter thirteen, where the Bible describes these things. What is interesting to me is it shows a combination of all the animals that were given in Daniel. And these animals coming together as one, they now have ten horns with ten crowns on them, speaking that there will be something of a revival of all these kingdoms, and they're going to put their power together to make one power, one kingdom, to give to this Antichrist. How will it take place? Well, let's examine these four things that he says he needs in Revelation chapter 13. One of those was an economic system, March 2020. When COVID hit the world, the crisis, we saw an entirely new economic system. We watched businesses collapse. We watched governments collapse. We, we watched governments striving on a way how to, how to keep businesses from going completely out of business. Unemployment is rampant. Matter of fact, isn't it interesting that they're trying now to say this would be a great time to introduce a cashless society? Maybe it would even be a good time to introduce a way to put a mark on a person and and all your money is held in the bank the bank can control and monitor every transaction well just at the time when we have covid going around the world just at the time we're watching the world fail economically at a time when we're watching governments give out handouts have you ever thought how are we ever going to pay for all the handouts let me tell you already they're talking about the fact what if we just start with a whole new economic system let's just wipe out all past debts of the government let's have a brand new money system hey, they call it a path to a universal base income you know what, we're looking at it you know what the Bible says in Revelation 13 when the Antichrist comes to power you will not be able to buy, sell, trade. You're not going to be able to, to hold a job. You're not going to be able to buy food at the marketplace. I don't even think you'll be able to go to school unless you have his mark, because you see the mark then says you affirm his power, his grip on the world. I believe he will control the economic system. We're a step closer to that in the last several months as we watched the pandemic take place around the world. But the Bible also says he'll have a religious system what a what a situation occurred again notice the year 2020 roman catholics pagans even those that are evangelical muslims buddhists they all gather what's called the the ring of peace the united nations one world religious interfaith ceremony in germany march 9 2020 and together they said we're going to bring in peace that's why it's called the ring of peace they said it was a monument to the deity known to man. And they said it in combined Jesus, Allah, Buddha, a thousand other God. My friends, that's not the Jesus that I worship. That's not the Jesus that's my savior. You see, he wants a religious system. Oh, don't think for a minute. When the Bible says he's an antichrist, it means he will be religious. He's against Christ, but he's not opposed to religion. You see, religion dooms a person to hell and jesus christ can bring a person to heaven i know that strong language i know that i'll get reaction from people They'll they'll be incensed by the fact and by the way do you notice how they're doing social distancing as they stand around here bringing in this this ring of peace they forgot about social distancing there did well here's yet another important chapter revelation chapter 17 in revelation chapter 17 we find that the antichrist will imitate christ every way he can in chapter 13 he has a wounded to death he'll resurrect he'll fake resurrection he doesn't have the power of death and resurrection he'll fake it it says as he begs to be worshipped he says that he wants power he wants control you see everything that jesus christ has he has resurrection he has a right to be worshipped he will come in in power and glory he will indeed control the world he'll do it in a very different way than the antichrist will notice the map The United Nations has already divided the entire world up into ten regions. Isn't that an interesting number? The feet of Daniel's image had ten toes. And right at this time, we're watching what is described in Revelation, a harlot, a prostitute, riding on the beast. And it has the, the description of the beast of being the powers of the world. A religious system will lead to a political system. What a pivotal year 2020 has been. We've watched the world globally reset. we watched how a new world order is welcomed by many politicians and maybe even by many citizens around the world. But I found this to be incredible. Here's Pope Francis giving Emmanuel, what a first name, Emmanuel Macron from France, his blessing. And he anoints him to take a look at this, the global stage as the leader of the new world order the year 2020 the the year we're living in right now my friend do you understand how the things are happening so quickly we're watching things set up i think we're seeing the birth pains for the tribulation i think the church is gone before the tribulation begins but my friend let me tell you this the whole world is set up in every way to welcome an antichrist a a man that can bring solutions now again let's go back and look at our passage in daniel chapter 2 because in Daniel chapter 2, remember, we saw all the world powers, starting with Babylon, Persia, and the Medes, and, and and Greece, and Rome, and then this revived Rome. And the Bible makes it very clear in Daniel chapter 2, verses 2 and, and, and 45. He says this, that, that when this comes to pass, it says, Thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it broke in pieces the iron, The bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain, the interpretation is sure. And he says this that the kingdom that will set up will be the kingdom of God. There will be no end to it. I really believe that is the kingdom of God that will come. It will come at the end of the tribulation, it will usher in the, the millennial reign and then the new heaven and the new earth. Folks, you understand that the Bible is right on target. Things that are taking place in the world around us, whether it's in the Middle East, whether it's in the deserts of Israel with the crops, whether it's with Israel grooming to to sacrifice a red heifer, whether it's the nations on the border of Israel and Syria, looking at Israel, the exact nations that the Bible said in the last days would be invading Israel, folks. Everything is set up. You see, we're living in the last days. The master plan of Satan and the Antichrist, we can trace it through the Bible I've only given three major places, but but one of those is in Genesis chapter 9. Satan's plan from the very beginning, it began with the Tower of Babel. Remember there, these men said, let, let us make us a name. Let us make us a building. We're, we're going to be our own gods. And, and their God was, a, they believed that they were deity themselves. They thought they could extend their hands and that they would join hands with God and they would be their own God. And God was so upset so disgusted by that plan that he gave different languages and he scattered the population throughout the entire world. Satan's plan was to have a one-world government even then. Nimrod, the great rebel, he wanted a, a one-world government system. Then we go to Revelation chapter 3. No less than seven times the Bible says the Antichrist will demand worship and power. And it says he'll get his power from, from Satan as he as he makes a treaty with the world, as he tries to bring the world under his control by giving a mark of the beast, by having it so you can't buy or sell or trade unless you have that mark. And that mark is not a, a mark that we're taking today. I think it's a practice that's going on. I think it's a warm-up to all that. But there will be a day when he says you've got to have this mark, otherwise you can't buy or sell or trade. You can't have a job. And somehow that number of six six six, sometime we we'll, we'll take a look at that because again, you know I like numbers. And I'm going to show you what I think is maybe the the neatest explanation of what might be taking place with that incredible number. And then in Revelation chapter 7, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that in those days when he comes to power, when all the world is in a panic, when it looks like everything is falling apart, it says this, And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth. He is out of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns... Which you saw are ten kings who received no kingdoms yet, but they're going to receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and should give their power, their strength unto the beast. And it says then that the beast will actually go to fight Jesus Christ. Now, the beast, the Antichrist, well, a beast is a good way to describe him. He's called the son of perdition. Jesus is called the son of man. They're so different, it's unbelievable. The beast the antichrist he comes to bring death and destruction to people jesus christ he comes to bring eternal life to people and the bible says that there will be a a clash between these two and i'll tell you what here's what's great the bible says who wins jesus christ will win now as we look at that and we see how this world is following the pattern exactly as the bible said this should give you incredible confidence in the written word of god that's why we have a written word of god it's so important because it's not my interpretation of the word of god it's the word of god that's true it's the word of god that's faithful it's the word of god that gives us hope and concern to to live for christ in these last days as we look at these things and how rapidly things are are moving forward remember we talked about it being birth pains and on birth pains you know what you can't reverse them that they might slow the contractions down for a little while but you never reverse it and my friend i think we're marching to the tribulation and the promise of God is sure that before the tribulation can ever begin, before the, the Antichrist can ever demand a mark to be given on those that are believers, the church will be taken out and called the rapture. We'll meet him in the air. What a blessed hope that is. There are five marks of a failing society. And maybe the best way to describe these is, is found in a single verse in the book of Jude. Jude only has one chapter, verse 18. Listen to this how they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Now, notice again, it identifies the last time. How many times in our lessons have we looked at the phrase in the last days, in the latter years? Here it is again, in the last time. And it says this, they're going to walk after their ungodly lust. Ungodly things are going to be taking place. Ungodly things are going to become commonplace. And Jude writes about that being the last days. And so what are some of these things? You know what? We could give a lot more indicators, but I've chosen five that I think are clear marks of a failing society. A time when the Antichrist will embrace these things and use it for his advantage to take worldwide control. Here's one of them. Abortion. You know what? Abortion's murder. And I say it because Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 makes it very clear that when God made man, He said He's going to make man in the image of God. So when you destroy a life, even if it's a life that, that's the fetus in a woman, that's still a, a, a soul. That fetus is alive. One of the great proofs of that is remember that when Mary came to Elizabeth... And the babe jumped in the womb of Elizabeth. And, and it refers to that babe as a person. That, that's a real person. According to the World Health Organization, every year in the world, there's an estimated 40 to 50 million abortions. That's 125,000 abortions a day. Let me tell you this. I look around at the world, and they're so concerned with the, the pandemic and COVID-19. That's a fraction. That's a fraction of the deaths that take place with COVID-19 compared to abortion. You know what? God says he's opposed to murder. He's opposed to abortion. The book of Amos makes it very clear how God feels about it. And sooner or later, nations and individuals and, and, and people that condone abortion, God will judge. Now, I know it's not very popular to take a stand on that. It's almost a, an issue that's gone by the wayside. Why? Because the churches are afraid to say, Well, you know what, this may not be socially correct, but let me tell you this, it's Bible correct. It's murder. And God does not tolerate murder. And God does not tolerate abortion. You see, it's a mark of a failing society. You wanna know why? We're willing to save the whales, we're willing to save the sharks, we'll save the green turtles. Those are all matters that if you want to side with them that's fine. But why is it that we throw out a baby? Why is it why is it so important to, to wear a mask? and a helmet and goggles as they're now saying that we need to do and we abort babies by the thousands every day a failing society murder is commonplace here's another one homosexuality and transgender you know what the bible says the bible says in genesis chapter 2 that he only made two genders male and female i know some places i think they have up to 10 different different categories you can select well god selected two and god's the one who created them Let me tell you how far down we have slidden in this world. Sports Illustrated. I'm not trying to sell you a subscription to Sports Illustrated. Matter of fact, I don't know that I ever plan to read another Sports Illustrated again as long as I live. Because in their swimsuit edition, they have a transgender who has made the the swimsuit model of the year. Folks, that's as depraved as it can get. As you watch television, almost every commercial has to have homosexuality or transgender. The comedy shows, they're they're saturated. Disney has it. People, isn't this incredible? You know what? I believe that most of the people in the world believe that there's just two genders, saved and unsaved. But for some reason, we've allowed them to to cram this down our throats, and we begin to think that, well, maybe we're out of whack because we believe that there's just male and female. No. God is very clear. God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, because of homosexuality and let me tell you this he's going to judge the world because of homosexuality as well indicators of a failing society homosexuality abortion murder and here's another one evil sexual filthiness immoral conditions prevailing in genesis chapter six it said that these conditions were were prevailing in noah's day i'm shocked as i see what's taking place there's nothing that's taboo troll dolls i i don't buy troll dolls i don't even like troll dolls but isn't it amazing that they have transgender troll dolls they have they have troll dolls that have uh, i i don't even want to go into it. It, it it's that embarrassing it's it's horrible listen my friend do you understand that we've gone as low as you can go there's there's no further you can drop or how about this book on amazon i mean I'm shocked as I read it I hope you'll be shocked too because it shows a man holding a little boy and, and he talks about how well he must love me and then they talk about going to bed together and playing folks this is called evil it's called filth God judged Adam, uh, Noah's day and God will judge our day for it and you know something the list goes on and some of the things are so raw so crude I don't even want to show them on the screen can it get any lower than this how how can that be called common reading how can it be put into a children's book and almost invite children to, to play that way for us to say that that's normal for us not to take a stand you want to know what it says it says that we're so close to the end times and let me tell you this that it was in the days of Noah so it's going to be in the days just before Jesus comes and folks we are exactly there here's a fourth reason the destruction of history it's interesting that recently they call for a ban on history classes a ban on history classes i mean come on how how ridiculous you want to know why they want to do that because eventually they're going to say we ought to destroy the bible you see if you begin to read your bible you're going to find that in the bible there's history there's a history of the human race there's a history of the jewish race why is history important well god says he's going to use history Because what history does, it allows us to not make the same mistake again. It allows us to see that God gave a warning and how that God provided a remedy. And so if we destroy history, we don't even know where we've been, so we're liable to go back the same way again and make the same mistake. To me, that's incredible. Are we afraid of a statue? Are we afraid of history? I I don't care what country you live in. I don't care what mistakes your forefathers have made. To have a history class is important so we know what mistakes they did make so that we can change and repent and and go back from there I'll tell you why because you see what's interesting to me is the fifth reason the removal of the Bible and prayer from public arena not just schools oh yeah that's part of it but homes individual lives and in churches I'm amazed that, that people no longer read the Bible they no longer carry a Bible they can't find a verse in the Bible isn't it amazing that now they're saying that to gather to read a Bible, to to worship, that's not permitted. But you can gather to burn Bibles, and social distancing is not a factor. You see, they hate the Bible because they hate the God of the Bible. Five facts of a faith in society, and we pass every one of them. I really believe that the flood of judgment is coming. The Bible clearly says that in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah the filth is there the homosexuality is there the perversion is there the refusal to obey the word of god it's there folks what more does god need to do to get your attention the flood is coming the judgment is coming well it'd be horrible to say here's five signs of a failing society and not to say here's some things we can do and i don't know that we can take all these on our lesson this time i want to take a couple of them and then we're going to add some of these into some of our future lessons but here's a great one this is in the book of james and I want to read it to you because I think it's just so important that we we understand that God has something that we can do during these last days here's what he says in James chapter 5 verse 7 be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the Lord behold the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws near now the coming of the Lord was drawing near in James day it's really near in my day we can be patient i don't know about you but sometimes patient isn't my best virtue what does it mean you know what i look around and i see some of the things that are taking place my my heart is so sick my heart is so upset the bible says be patient understand that god has a plan and god won't be one minute late and he won't be one minute early and so we need to be faithful waiting for the coming of the lord be patient here's another one hebrews chapter 9 And again, this one I think is is just a great one because it will use that phrase that we've been studying. And here's what he says. He says in chapter 9, verse 25, he says this, that as you see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching actually this is hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 it says this as you see the day approaching meeting together as christians is important i hope you find someone to do a bible study with i hope you find someone to, to read and and pray together with because you know what as we assemble together there's a strength of believers <clears throat> and so we'll look at some of these other reasons at another time there are things that we can do as we wait for the lord but it brings us to that question are you ready you see here's my fear my fear is that there might be some of you that are watching matter of fact i know for sure this is true because we've had private conversations with with some of you and some of you say well actually i'm i'm pretty good actually i I believe most of what you say and actually i believe that there really was a jesus and he really died all those things don't save you let me tell you this the day the flood came and the door of the ark was sh- shut I think there were people that ran up to the door of the ark, knocked on there, and said Noah, we're your neighbor Noah, we weren't like all those that made fun of you every time we're, we're good people, Noah you see, it didn't matter whether they were good people or bad people if they didn't go in the ark, they could not be saved from the flood my friend, here's what I'm going to tell you you might be good, but you're not good enough Because god demands perfection and perfection is only in the finished work of jesus christ when jesus died on the cross shed his blood gave his life you know what he did he gave his life for every sinner big sinner little sinner didn't matter but what you need to do is say god i know i'm short of your standard i might be good but i'm not good enough but jesus is good enough jesus is perfect my friend, Jesus took all your sin be they many sins or little bit of sins he took them all he went to the cross, he gave his life a trade for yours so that you could have eternal life and he would take death for you he rose from the grave to prove that his victory oh, I, I hope today that you'll enter the ark I hope today you'll, you'll enter the savings arms of Jesus Christ I'd hate for you to be standing outside the door begging to get in because you know what, Jesus is going to come the rapture is going to come Christians will be gone. And those of you that heard the message, I don't know that you'll ever be saved. I think you'll be one of the victims to the Antichrist, to the new world order and all that's taking place. But today you could be saved. You could put your faith in him. Would you do that? Jesus died for you, but you must receive him personally as your savior. You must enter the ark to be saved from the flood. Beirut, wow, what an indicator. We'll look at those things. What an indicator that we're living in the last days. Israel, on the brink of war, on the, on the syrian border all the nations coming against it the desert's blooming sacrifices getting ready to begin in israel a one world economy a one world government being loomed and, and broadcast and a, a possible mark that everyone could take to, to buy or sell folks do you understand what the bible said is exactly true we are living in the last days are you ready if jesus comes today if you would like to ask a question of Dr. Linstead and or Bible Truth and Prophecy, please email us at the Bible Truth and Prophecy, or B-Tip as we call it, email address. That's BibleTipNow at gmail.com. B-I-B-L-E-T-I-P-N-O-W at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.